Morning again. So, um, this is kind of unplanned, but I wanted to give you a, a, a praise God moment that I got at 1.30 this morning. Okay? So, um, long story short, I had this uh, youth group student uh, about three years back. Really involved, really super involved in, in, in youth group. And one day out of the blue just tells me, ah, I'm atheist. And just kind of disappears. And I'm like, wow, wait, wait, how do, you, how do you go from here to there? And so, you know, I, pray, I was praying for him. And this morning at 1.30 this morning, I get a message from him on Facebook. And he said that he had done a lot of growing up and had done some thinking and had gotten in with a good group of friends that had brought him back to regularly attending church. And that was, I was like, thank you, God, for that moment. So I want to share that with you because... Don't give up on those people you're praying for, ever, because God does work in their lives. So, just want to encourage you on that. That it has nothing to do with, well, it kind of does, some to do with the message this morning. Um, so, I'm not usually the type of person who likes to wait until Saturday night at 12 a.m. to write his sermon. And I, and I will tell you, Ryan, I did not wait till. And you, many of you saw my post on Facebook, right? Hey, I'm at Jack's Donuts writing a sermon. I had pretty much written the sermon. I had my outline. I had everything ready to roll. And I sat down last night and I thought, it's missing something. And so I rewrote the whole thing. So, <laughs> um, and this one, I, I, did, I didn't, like, I don't know. I did, this, this one was harder for me. I don't know why. Like, the first sermon I did for you all, you know, in the book of, what is it, Judges? Yeah. I feel like that one was almost easier to present, you know? I don't know why. But today we're talking about grace. And you would think, you would think that that would be an easy topic to, to lay out. But it's such an awesome topic that I don't know where to start. That's my problem. I had, I, had, I don't know how many different outlines for this morning. <laughs> How to, how to piece that together and, and convey that. And uh, so, so like I said, usually I try to, to finalize my thoughts on Sunday, or Saturday night, not start completely over. Um, but still something was missing. So I, I thought, you know what, let's, let's do this. And I, and I thought, well, maybe if I listen to another preacher preach about grace, maybe it'll kind of spur something and I could, you know, kind of get the wheels moving again, right? So I listened to the sermon by Kyle Eidelman about grace, and uh, he was talking about how to really understand grace, you've got to have experienced it. And I felt like that nugget right there, that's, I, I, I needed to write Kyle Eidelman and tell him thanks a lot for keeping me up till three in the morning, because that's what kind of spurred me. I didn't really write this thing. Um, no, I did not copy his notes. I did not, I'm not preaching his sermon this morning. Um, so I did. I started over, and God started pressing on my heart what to share this morning. And, and so bear with me. We're going we're gonna to step through this together, but I think it's going to be good um, because you get out, whatever you get out of the Word of God is good. Amen. So we have been in this series called Talking About the Light Coming to the World, right? So... Last week we talked about how Jesus came as one of us and, 
and dwelt among us. He, he came to us. He entered into our mess. And this morning, our last week in the series, we're going to kind of further that. And we're going to take a look at grace. So if you'll flip to John 1.15 with me. John 1.15. We've been in this chapter of John for the last three weeks, um, and we're just going to kind of continue on in that this morning. It says, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And we've read this this verse already, but no one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, and has revealed God to us. Jesus showed us the heart of the Father. We talked about that last week. We talked about the incarnation and how, how when we see Jesus, we see God, right? We see his attributes, and he's revealing himself to us through Jesus. And through Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross, we see God's unfailing love, it says here. And I kind of nerd out on some of this stuff, and I looked up the Greek word when, for unfailing love. And you know that word is Grace. It's, it's, it's the Greek word, and I'm probably going to botch it up, charis, which means gift. A gift that is freely given, a free gift. I thought that was kind of odd, but yet not. The Greek word here for unfailing love is gift. Think with me for something to be truly free. Do you have to do anything in exchange for it? I mean, if something's truly free, do you have to do anything to get it? No. Do you have to pay anything for it? No. We just got through the Christmas season, and I'm sure all of you at some point in time either gave or received a gift, right? Of some sort. Whether it was spending time with somebody or, um, you know, giving a gift. Did you require that person to do anything before you handed them that gift? (laughs) No. I gave my wife a gift, although we we exchange gifts like, we're bad at gifts. Yeah, we're really bad. We, We can't handle surprises, I guess. So we, we, we exchanged our gift like a month ago. This, this, this was my gift. I got a new Bible. It's great. Um, but when my wife gave me this Bible, she did not charge me money for it. I didn't have to go buy it. I didn't have to do the laundry to get it. Although I'm sure she wouldn't turn me down on that. It was a gift. She gave it to me freely because she loved me. You give gifts, and all that's required is that you accept it. All right? 
I could have left this Bible in the box. She could have given it to me. And I could have just kind of set it there and had no, it could have given me no value at all had I not accepted it first. And that's with the love of God. Now, if I were just to stand up here and tell you that God sent Jesus to give us the gift of forgiveness and eternal life, that would be true, but let's unpack that just a little bit. And he's given us this free gift. He's given us this gift to, uh, to accept. But first, we need to realize how great this gift is. Because for me to just say that he forgives our sins, I think sometimes we, we get used to hearing that as a, as a church. That's great. We take that for granted. But the first thing I want to bring out here is, and, and you'll notice I don't have many slides. I'm not when you're when you're writing your sermon at three in the morning, you don't get a lot of slides done. Um, so we're not good enough to receive God's forgiveness. Um, look with me at Romans three nineteen. Three nineteen. It says this, and we're going to read through verse 20. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we The law given to Moses showed mankind how far we had fallen. It was almost the mirror that God put on us, as uncomfortable as it is, that said, you by yourself are fallen. You're broken. All of us. The Bible is very clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul says it again in Romans Again and again and again. And Isaiah, a prophet who is under the law, right? He was, he was in the, you know, the Jewish people who were trying to follow this law that God had given through Moses. And he said in Isaiah 64, 6, We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. You see, even at our best, we don't quite make it. We could, we could do all this great stuff, but if we've broken the law yet just one time, we've broken the law. And so when we think about that gift that God has given... Starts to make it starts to, to grow. You see that worth of that gift and that value of that gift of eternal life and, and salvation gets a whole lot more weighty. You know, you think of, 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 of God who is, is holy and just and righteous and who can't even be in the presence of sin. When we fell as humankind, that severed our relationship. And the punishment for breaking that law of God for, for sin is, is death. 
And, and to think that, that we could, on our own devices, with the things that we think are good to do, that we could earn our way back to that place of justified and righteous is almost laughable. We're not good enough to even be in God's presence. But. Praise God for that little three-letter word, but. Amen? Remember that we see that God's unfailing love and faithfulness is shown in Jesus. We were dead dead in sin, but God. John 3.16, we know the verse well. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We were not enough. We, by ourselves, weren't making the cut. But God. And not only, you know, not only does he love us, but he, he didn't wait for us to clean up our act either. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is something that we didn't earn. We don't deserve it. But yet he chooses to show this grace. The Christmas season that we, we celebrate is so much, so much bigger than we, we portray. Because he came as one of us. This is really important. He came as one of us so that he could pay the price that we owed. He paid that penalty on the cross for us. For him to pay a human's death, he had to be human. To come and he had to, he had to come as one of us to legally pay that price. And he willingly did that. You know, we talked about how he, he laid down his deity. He, he reduced himself to a man so that he could be one of us. And from the time that Adam committed the first sin to the moment that Jesus gave his life on the cross, God had been executing a plan to get us back. When humans fell in the garden and sin entered the world, we severed our relationship with God and his, this plan was set in motion to redeem us. Let's go back to that Romans chapter 3. Um, we're going to start back up in verse 21. It says, but now, there's that word but again, I... Don't, that, that is a small word, but it really does pack a punch here. Because we, we went from talking about the law and how it, it shows us a mirror of ourselves. I, I, okay, so it, it's beginning that, that, uh, that New Year's season, right? And we all have those goals. And I don't like looking in a mirror sometimes because I know there's a goal that I need to attain. <laughs> right? And so... That part's not pretty, but, but because we see that we need a Savior, it says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him 
without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. We're forgiven. And not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. I I love, you know, if you look back at the blood covenants that, that God, that God's people cut, you know, both parties had to hold up their end of the bargain, right? It was taken very seriously. But do you realize what God did when he paid that price? He took us out of the equation. Because he knew in our fallen nature and in our sinful nature, we would never be able to, to attain and keep up our end of that bargain. So he came up with one of us and took care of that price for us. You know, I think oftentimes I forget that. I try to to be right. You know, like I, I, if I feel like if I, if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll be a, I'm a good Christian. I'm, I'm more saved, if you were, if you will. You know, and I think we, sometimes we, we look at other people who aren't doing X, Y, and Z and think, ooh, glad I'm doing that. I'm more saved, right? Um, you know, and that's not, that's not something that's new. Uh, the whole book of Romans... And I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but we're just going to go roll with it. The whole book of Romans is, is written. And Paul's telling them, you know, you just, just because you have the law does not mean you're better than the Gentiles. You know, there was, there was thought that, well, because, you know, the Jews were, were practicing Jews and then they were Jews first and then they became Christians, that, that they were somehow more saved, right? Um, to the point of they were starting to try to require the Gentiles to be Jews first and then be Christians. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. What Jesus did on the cross was final. Once and for all, it was the great equalizer. No matter what they had done, no matter what their past was, if they put their faith in Jesus Christ, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ... That debt is paid. End of story. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This passage goes on to say that he created us anew. Again, we're, we're in that, that season of a fresh start, right? Every year we get a fresh start. We, we, we want to start over. We're going to try stuff again. 
With the new year, we get a fresh palette, if you were. We, we, we get a new set of brushes and a new canvas. It's, and that's what we get when Christ wipes that debt away. But we don't deserve it. Like a reset, Christ and his love for us extends us grace and forgiveness and makes us righteous. I'm reminded of the song Reckless Love. It, it's, by now you've probably heard it millions of times. But I like this, this the end of the chorus. It says, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And like I said, you know, it's, it's hard to describe that feeling of, of what, it, what it means to be shown grace until you've actually been shown grace. And so, you know, and I know I've mentioned it before, but, and if I haven't, I, I, for years in my life, I had dealt with the addiction of pornography. Something I, I, I'm not proud of. I dealt with the shame of that for years. Years. And when it finally came to light, when that, that sin finally was, you know, and the Bible says the sin, sins are always, they will eventually be brought to the light. They will eventually be shown. And when that happened... And I was finally honest with myself and God and others. I felt so much shame and unworthiness. But there again, that phrase shows up, but God. You see, I, I had tried to, to counteract my sin with the things that I was doing. And I was trying to, to act Christian enough so that maybe this wouldn't look so bad. But it, it, it always ended up causing shame because it was bad. And I remember the, the very next Sunday that after all this came to head and, 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 and it, was, it was out there and I remember sitting down at the piano to lead worship. Feeling as low as I could ever possibly feel. That, that, that mirror of the law was shining me in the face. Let's be honest, that mirror of the law smacked me upside the head. <laughs> and in that moment, Moment, God's grace. But God. I remember we I remember it clearly. We were doing amazing grace. My chains are gone. It's the first time since coming clean about everything that I'd really worshipped. 
Because I had had that stuck in the middle between me and God. That, that chasm was there because I had not accepted his grace. Yeah, I had, I had done all the things that I should do. I had been baptized. I had, I had confessed my, my belief in Christ. But I hadn't given that part of me up. And for the first time, I was free. And it was the first time I could actually come before God knowing that my sins, because I had confessed them all, were gone. It hit me to like a ton of bricks. I was not good enough. No amount of ministry, no amount of good works. And simply saying sorry was not going to fix what I had done. I remember we got to the point in the song, and as I sang the words, my chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. I felt it. That grace that washes over us, that love that God has for us that says no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how bad you are, I love you. I didn't deserve any of it. But yet God had given that and had done that for me. And he paid the, that price for my sin. Anyway, um, Romans 5 We'll look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought, into this, brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. so freely given and not earned Uh, in the book of Romans you know like I said it's talking about the fall of all humanity and the nature of us as humans and Paul is pointing out we are all broken we've all fallen short whether it's a little white lie or, or something that we deem as worse, it doesn't matter. We've all broken it. It's only by the grace of God that we are saved. You know, uh, uh, grace has a, a side effect. It gives us rest. When you are not having to rely on your own works to, to be saved. How freeing is that? All I have to do is make sure that my heart is turned towards God and that I accept that gift of, of grace. I don't have to hold on to shame about my past. I don't have to hold on to guilt 
about my past, it gives me rest. The, the Bible talks about, in one of the verses we, we even read, talks about the peace that God gives through this gift of grace. And, and it's not only a gift that, that we've been given, but it's a gift that since we've been given, we need to give to others. Because if we don't give that grace that, you know, we've been forgiven of so much, why would we not forgive others the same way we've been forgiven? Do you see how that, 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 that mind shift switch of, I don't deserve it. But yet I got it. So no matter what someone else has done, they don't deserve it. We're in the same boat. (laughs) We both don't deserve it. But God's given it anyway. And if we can can learn to, to give that gift of grace, that takes care of, of bitterness, right? It takes care of, of the, the, the stress of hatred. It gives us rest. There's peace again in our lives. Um, I love what, what uh, Jesus said in Matthew 11. Matthew 11 and verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. When we learn to receive grace from God and we learn to give grace to others, we recognize that we don't have to play God in our own lives. We are not in charge of redeeming ourselves. Christ did that for us. We are not in charge of punishing those who have hurt us. Because that's supposed to be given to God anyway. It gives us peace and gives us rest. And Jesus says, come. Come to me, all who are weary, and he will give you rest. This morning, as as the worship team comes back up, I want to give you this, this open invitation. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've not received that grace. There's something in your life that you are trying to, with all your might, good works away. And you're still carrying that guilt and that shame. Come and lay it at the feet of the cross. Maybe there's someone you're holding that grace from and it's eating at you because bitterness and all that stuff that goes with unforgiveness is just it just eats at us come and release that person 
show that grace that you've been shown. And maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you've never even thought about this grace thing, let alone tried to, you know, show your good works. But you think, you know what? God loves me and I want, I want to come to him. If that's you today, if, if, if you fit into any of those, I invite you, come on down. Um, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind being here to pray with people if they need prayer. Receive that grace and give that grace because Christ so freely gave that to us. It's nothing we have to earn. No amount of good works can, can get us there. It's all through him. Let's say it as we sing.